I think uh, we're going to we'll continue to see a tremendous growth of the non-surgical procedures. Uh, your vision of what twenty years ago? Uh, <laughs> I think the the men caves of the world. Uh, you know, it's a, it's been a tremendous change in our lives. Uh, I'm sitting here. The last people that left my office are my three master institutions from Park City. Super busy. One more lasers. One more products. One more. They always come to me with. I want this. I want that. And when you look at the when you look at the bottom line, they they they, they are very busy, you know. And in in the beauty is the products are better, uh, the the technology is is safer. Uh, so I think that that's to me. I think our generation uh, that we're we're basically uh, core surgeons and to see that transition to me that's that was amazing. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Technology of Beauty, where I have the opportunity to interview the movers and shakers of the aesthetics business, and today is no exception. With us today is Dr. Renato Salz, one of only two human beings on the planet Earth to be president of the International Society and the American Society for Aesthetic Plastic Surgery. Welcome, Dr. Salz. Thank you, Grant. Uh, It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for inviting me. It's my pleasure. And Dr. Saltz is at his office in Park City. Is that correct? That is correct. Right Park now? City. Yeah, Park City, Utah. Yeah. And thank you very much for joining us uh, today. Dr. Saltz, could you first start out and tell us a little bit about yourself? Where were you born and where did you go to school and so forth? Sure. Um, and, and, and before I do that, Grant, uh, I told you before we start recording, but I think it should be documented. I want to congratulate you for your your podcast. I want to congratulate you for, you know, bringing this marriage together, industry and aesthetics. You know, we always talk about it. You such a pioneer. You always bringing the the, the, the true disruptor in our specialty. And uh, you know how much I appreciate that. You know, I'm a big fan. And uh, and uh, thank you for doing this. Uh, if someone had pleasure. to do it, it had to be Grant Stevens. So congratulations. It's my pleasure. I love doing it. Thank you. So I, tell us. I was <laughs> I was born in a small town at the border of Brazil and Argentina, right across the bridge, and uh, which is called the Pampas region. And you, as a as a gaucho, you are uh, you you know that region very well. So we grew up, you know, riding horses and hunting. Not very different than than my good friend Grant Stevens. Um, and then the, when it was time for medical school, uh, I had to move to the capital of the state, which is Porto Alegre. And I went to a medical school uh, at the Federal University. Uh, then I moved for my training. I always wanted to train. I always thought to be a complete plastic surgeon, I had to do general surgery first. In Brazil, those days, this is uh, uh, early 80s, uh, was a three-year program. And you finish medical school and you're a plastic surgeon. Uh, so I thought that was not enough. So uh, I was lucky, got my residency in general surgery in Miami at the University of Miami, Jackson Memorial Hospital. Uh, did my five years of training there, uh, got my boards in general surgery, and then went to Alabama with uh, under Louis Vasconis for plastic surgery. And that was basically medical school and training in the South. So you left Brazil 
and you came up to Miami to do general surgery. Is that correct? That is correct. And what what were you thinking? What what what, what was the thought process? You left your family, you left your home, and you came up to the United States. What was going on? Did you just want to train in Miami, or did you find a girlfriend? <laughs> I knew back in high school my first business grant, and you probably don't know this. I was a photographer. I used to do weddings and bar mitzvahs and, uh, uh, you know, baptism. I was a, a, at 16, I had a, a very good business uh, doing videos and not videos, super eight millimeters those days in, okay. in photography. And uh, as you know, those dates, a lot of the plastic surgeons used to refer their patients to a photographer for before and afters. It was all yes. done in black and white. Uh, so we work in my studio and I start getting involved at 16. I start getting involved with these local plastic surgeons and really enjoy what I was seeing. And then they start inviting me to come to the OR to do intraoperative photos. And that's really how I decided back then in high school that I wanted to be a plastic surgeon. So in talking to some of the top names in Brazil, I realized I need to get better training than would, uh, would they offer me. Um, at that point in this town. So that's how the whole concept of I need full training general surgery. I need a great program in plastic surgery. Uh, but that was pretty much set up when I was 16 years of age, believe it or not. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. So then after you trained with Dr. Vasquez, you left and you went to Utah, correct? No. Uh, nope. Before I left, uh, I spent a year with Jim Grotting doing a microsurgery fellowship. And, okay. uh, and that was terrific because, as you know, Jim is a great surgeon, great teacher, and, uh, and I really focus on uh, breast cancer reconstruction. And uh, I had a short stay at the Medical College of Georgia in Augusta, and then the University of Utah was looking for someone to um, sort of do, organize their breast cancer reconstructive program. And that's why uh, I end up in Salt Lake City. And how long were you there? I was there for 10 years, full-time, University of Utah, uh, doing breast cancer reconstruction in charge of that department, doing a lot of aesthetics, doing hand surgery, doing microsurgery, burns, you know, the whole, the whole thing. And then in 2002, I decided to take a clinical appointment at the U uh, and move into private practice. And that's where I set up offices in Salt Lake and in Park City. And it's been it's been fun. It's been a great place to practice, uh, raise the family. Uh, we really enjoyed uh, the mountains of uh, of Utah. So you have two offices, and do you primarily do aesthetic surgery now? Almost a hundred percent, Grant. I still do occasionally breast cancer reconstruction. I'm not doing okay. microsurgery anymore, uh, but I would say eighty ninety percent. It's it's all aesthetics. And how has COVID affected you in terms of your practice? Uh, the first six weeks, first six, eight weeks, they shut us down. Uh, was very, I was very worried. We, we, we chatted at the time. We, we all didn't know what, what was going to happen. Um, it gave us an opportunity to rebuild, reconstruct the, the practice, look at uh, staff, uh, find new, new staff members, uh, really rebuild the office uh, in a sense of um, let some people go and bring some new people. And when, when we reopen in May, 
um, I felt very good about it. And it's been very busy, as you know. Uh, the mm -hmm. med spa, the two med spas have been extremely busy. The surgical practice has been extremely busy. Um, it's been it's been a very interesting recovery, despite a pandemic, despite you know losing so many Americans, so many people worldwide. Uh, I think for aesthetic surgery, it's been uh, surprisingly a very interesting recovery. So you're very busy in surgery and non-surgicals, correct? Yes. Very and what sort of precautions are you taking for your patients? Uh, we're still doing uh, masks. We're still checking temperatures. We're still following guidelines from the Salt Lake County and Summit County in Park City. Uh, I'm, I still take it very seriously. Uh, thank God uh, we haven't seen any uh, issues among staff or patients. Uh, everybody is vaccinated now in my practice in both locations. Uh, and... Uh, uh, you know, as, as, as all of us are taking this very seriously, you know, I don't pay attention to all the conspiracy theories. I think it's a medical issue. It's a crisis. And, uh, and you know, we're in, in medicine, so we need to take it seriously. I agree. I agree with everything you've just said. So I'm going to change gears a little bit. And now I want to go back to the beloved Aesthetic Society, the American Society for Aesthetic Plastic Surgery, which you've been not only a president, you've been a trustee, you've been a, the, the chairman of the board of trustees. There's many, many things. Tell us a little bit about uh, your relationship with the Aesthetic Society and some of the things that you've been involved in that you're passionate about. Wow, where do you start? <laughs> you know, that's a, that's our family. That's our national yes. family. And your family. Now we're going to get to the international in a moment, but it's, for now, the it's, American. It's been uh, terrific. It's uh, I became a member in '96 uh, together with Sue Dykema uh, when mm -hmm. she just joined the group. Um, I have wonderful memories. Uh, I work under Bob Stanton, Linda Stanton. Uh, met most of my dear friends and brothers at ASAPS. Uh, it's still the meeting that I look forward because we have our get-together. It's where I learned aesthetics. It was where I taught aesthetics. Uh, all my mentors are there. My idols like you are there. It, it's really a, a, a wonderful group. And, uh, and it's one of the uh, great honors and privileges to be able to serve at at that society and eventually be, be, become their president. But um, I have wonderful memories. And, and the fact that we're getting back together in, in less than a month in Miami is just, it, it, it gives me the goosebumps because I'm, me too. I'm so looking forward to that. Uh, I must admit, so am I. And uh, you have contributed so much. And uh, all, of know you, all of us you did. also supported my my candidacy and so forth. And I thank you very much. And I feel like it's my family. And uh, what would you tell a young surgeon listening to this podcast as it relates to the aesthetic society? I think young surgeons, uh, it's exciting. I think they are, they are facing aesthetic world much different than you and I did. Uh, mm -hmm. Sometimes we couldn't even talk about aesthetic surgery in front of our our professors, I think you had a great chief. I had a great chief that allows to, I think it's a, it's a much better world now that welcome, uh, welcomes aesthetic surgeons. But still, you got to go through the, through the whole thing. You got to have a solid train. You got to go through the general surgery. You got to take good care of your patient. Patient safety always first. 
Don't get lost into the into the marketing, into the social media. You know, be a doctor, be a great surgeon first, and 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 use mentors. I think what ASEPS does that no other society does. We're trying to do that at ISEPS, but it's harder. Is the, the the opportunity to to find mentors? You know, they text you and they call you. Next day, they are following you in the operating room. They're following the great Grant Stevens in the operating room. They can follow Robert Singer. They can follow Fuanahai. They can come and join me here or in Salt Lake. It's a small world, and we're all very close. I mean, look at how many people you train and in, in, in mentor. So I think ASEPS was, was the beginning in, uh, of, of that relationship that we have now uh, among ourselves and with the young people. And that's what I, t- I tell. The residents rotate with me. The fellows rotate with me. And I said, the first thing you do, you start going to the ASAPs meeting and you go there and you learn and you, that's going to be your family 20, 30 years. Those are, those are your friends and colleagues. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree with you more. Now, some of the people that are watching right now don't know about ISAPs. So you're a past president of the International Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgeons. I want you to describe ISAPs. Uh, maybe the number of countries, maybe what they do, what the what the mission is, and so forth, uh, and and assume they don't know because many people watching this do not know about ISEPS. So, what is ISEPS, and why are you involved? It's very interesting, uh, uh, and you're absolutely right. A lot of people don't know, and it's it's a great group. You're part of that group. You you've been on the board. You are a great contributor to every meeting ISEPS puts together. Uh, ISEPS was founded in 1970 in the United Nations in New York, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. You look at those pictures. They are right there at the building in New York City. And, and, and the reason was very similar uh, what happened with ASAPs. Uh, at the time, most of the international societies were reconstructive societies and would not give space, would not allow uh, much of the aesthetic surgeons in the world to present at their meetings. They were hiding little hotels. They were. It's a. It's a very interesting. It parallels very well with ASAPs. So they got together some of the big names that you know, and uh, and put together this international society. And for several years, was more like a a fun travel club. You know, friends getting mm-hmm. together, different countries. Uh, and then it, it really started uh, growing. Um, um, a lot had to do with the meetings, international meetings, how aesthetic surgery has really blossomed, surgicals, non-surgicals. Uh, and, uh, and today is, is the largest aesthetic society in the world. We are up to 5,000 members, more than 5,000 members in 106 countries. Um, it, it's a, it, The mission is very solid. It's focused on education, aesthetic education worldwide. In patient safety worldwide, uh, there's been some tremendous growth. Um, uh, it, it has really brought the international aesthetic surgeons together, and um, I'm very proud to be part of it. Very honored to be one of their past presidents, um, and uh, and really enjoy the camaraderie, the friendship, but most importantly, the learning that goes through those those uh, those sessions, as as you've been as you witnessed mm-hmm. so many times. There's a lot to learn uh, from our colleagues up from all over the world. So that's in Absolutely. essence is, is the international society. 
I would echo all your sentiments, and I would encourage any of the plastic surgeons watching this program to consider joining uh, the International Society. It's a wonderful society, and as you mentioned, dedicated to patient safety and education of surgeons and patients alike. So I'm going to shift gears again on you. You've been around for a while. You've seen a lot of things come from a 16-year-old photographer to a president of these big societies. I want you to look into your crystal ball that I saw on your table there earlier on, that crystal ball. I want you to tell me what the world's going to look like in three years, five years, and 10 years, the aesthetic world. What are we going to see, Renato, three, five, and 10 years from now? I think uh, we're going to we'll continue to see a tremendous growth of the non-surgical procedures. Uh, your vision of, what, 20 years ago? Uh, <laughs> I think the, the men caves of the world, uh, you know, it's, a, it's been a tremendous change in our lives. Uh, I'm sitting here. The last people that left my office are my three master institutions from Park City. Super busy. One more lasers, one more products, one more. They always come to me with, I want this, I want that. And when you look <laughs> at the, when you look at the bottom line, they, 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 they are very busy, you know, in, in, in the beauty is the products are better. Uh, the, the technology is, is safer. Uh, so I think that that's to me, I think our generation, uh, that we're, we're basically, uh, core surgeons and to see that transition to me that's that was amazing and in i mean he, i'm i'm telling you who has been the leader in that in that world but uh, i i think we'll continue to see more and more um of the of the non-surgical procedures to evolve um i think there's a there's a whole shift now regarding education in aesthetics um i mean here we are talking in in looking ourselves uh, through the through the computer to the digital world, I think our meetings are going to basically change forever. Uh, we're still going to get together, we're still going to hug each other, but I think a lot is going to be done virtually. And uh, and I, 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 you know, you know me, I'm very optimistic. I think it's positive. Changes are positive. Changes are important. Uh, I always tell my staff, you know. Turn lemons in lemonades, which was an old saying in Portuguese. And when I moved to the United States, it's, it's the same saying. And <laughs> and uh, you know, if if that's the new world, let's let's make the best of it. But that that's going to be the change in aesthetics, to in, in my opinion, Grant. Uh, virtual consultations. I've done two to, today. Brand new virtual consultations. Uh, the use of uh, of uh, digital, I'm not using charts. I thought I was going to retire with charts. Now I use a a, a, a software, a new platform for uh, for records. Uh, it, it's very fast, and 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 you have to be, you have to stay with it. Otherwise, you 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 fall behind. So, a big growing non non surgicals, big changes in education, how we do things. Um, the societies have to uh, revamp themselves, so they're going to lose their 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 their, their, their new members. Uh, why should I stay connected to a society? Uh, so it, it, it's a big wake up. It's a big disruption. And you know, people like you and I love disruption. We 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 enjoy that, and we we take that to the next level. So those are. I think that's that's what I I believe. I agree with you entirely, Renato. I think the move towards non-surgical and minimally invasive procedures will continue. Uh, 
as you say, and digital and virtual consults and a number of things, which isn't to say we won't still do surgery. Of course we'll do surgery, but there'll be an emphasis on minimally invasive and non-surgicals. Well, is there anything else you would like to tell our our viewers? I think uh, I, I I read the the note that the, the Herloff, a uh, good good friend of both of us, uh, just wrote mm-hmm. about ASAPs in 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 things that make you happy. And I think uh, one of the points in those eight bullets was service. And you and I are big fans of service. I know your foundation. Uh, mm-hmm. You know of mine. You came and you supported. And I always, I always like to bring that up, especially for very successful young plastic surgeons. You know, uh, it's a, it's a unique opportunity to, to be a plastic surgeon these days. I think it's a privilege uh, compared to so many other things, so many people hurting, and we are busy in the middle of a pandemic. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. you know, we're blessed, right? We're, we're blessed. so blessed. We're blessed. So, so. You know, I want you to tell I want you to tell our viewers about your foundation. Could you share with us Uh, about your foundation? It's so important, Renato. It really is. I'll do it, but I'll do it very briefly because we all have great causes. We all have. I know, but this is very important. I know you're reluctant to, but please share with our viewers. So, um, 23 years ago, because I was so involved in doing breast cancer, breast cancer reconstruction. I noticed, I, 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 you know, we, we, we as plastic surgeons, and you know this, Grant, you've done so many, we are able to now rebuild a beautiful breast and a symmetrical breast. And, and, and when, when you see these patients coming back to the office, at least my, my impression was we're celebrating the results, we're taking pictures, we're sharing with our colleagues, we're publishing, and they were so sad. They were so unhappy, and they they still depressed. And uh, it just occurred to me that there was uh, something else than just curing, curing their cancer or building, rebuilding a beautiful breast. So back in 1998, we started offering uh, free three-day retreats uh, in beautiful homes donated to us in Park City. And, and that's how the Image Reborn Foundation was started. And uh, basically, these women, these breast cancer survivors come from all over the country and now even from... Europe and South America, and uh, and they spend three, three and a half, sometimes four days with uh, moderators, with volunteers, and they have the time of their life. And um, they they have yoga, they have massage, they have they ski, they ride horses. Uh, we have chefs that come and prepare food for them. We have psychologists that come in and deal with their frustrations. We have groups of stage four cancer. We have groups of young survivors. We have a group of Hispanic survivors. Uh, we divide it by different groups and we address their needs during that entire weekend. And uh, we have uh, passed over 4,000 breast cancer survivors. Uh, it's been 23 years. We have uh, uh, one or two retreats a month, uh, as long as the budget allows us to do it. Obviously, with COVID, everything turned to virtual. We continue to offer retreats. We had over 30 virtual retreats last year. And it's been the greatest passion of my life. That's where most of my time in, uh, in finances have been. And now the foundation has grown. We have supporters everywhere. But it's been a very, very good for me. And I always share this with young colleagues because, you know, find, find a passion, find something. And it doesn't need to be just golf or cars or 
or or fancy things. You know, help your community, give it back because it gives you a tremendous satisfaction. It makes you so it makes me, it fills my heart every time I go to a retreat. And I still attend every retreat. Um, I go there for a couple of hours. I talk about scar tissue. I talk about, you know, how to manage certain things. Um, but today the foundation has grown a lot. We have a terrific board. We have volunteer, over 100 volunteers. We have industry supporting us. So it's been a, it's been a great experience. And, and thank you for allowing me to share that. I'm very proud of it. And everyone, that's called Image Reborn. And I've had the opportunity to participate with Renato and see the love and dedication that he has for that uh, nonprofit organization that he and his lovely wife, Flavia, support, as well as his whole entire family. And Renato's also a recent grandfather. That's right. <laughs> Brand new baby. Congratulations. Yeah. Brand new baby. Well, this could go on for hours. Uh, I want to thank you so much. For Thank being you, a guest on our show, The Technology of Beauty, I want you to go home and give Flavia a hug and a kiss from Granto and uh, give all my warm wishes and Aaron's wishes to your entire family. We love you and miss you very much. And I look forward to seeing you. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. And I love you. And I'm so happy to see you so healthy and, and handsome as always. <laughs> And I'll give you a big kiss and a hug in less than a month in Miami Beach. I think you need your eyes examined, but thank you very much for the lovely compliment. Your patients are in trouble. I want to thank all of you for joining us this wonderful episode of The Technology of Beauty, where we get to interview the movers and shakers of the aesthetics and beauty business. Please join us each and every Tuesday. Take care. Take care.